live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Well, listen, I've talked a lot this past week about the Chargers choking away a 27-point lead in Duval Saturday. The reason I have talked so much about the Chargers choking away a 27-point lead in Duval is because the Chargers choked away a 27-point lead in Duval. And then after that, Joey Bosa went nuclear on the refs. And then Joe Lombardi got axed along with the quarterback coach and the linebackers coach. It has been all about the bolts this week. You could say that even though they gagged the game, they stole the show. Steal the show. However, Duval, I have not forgotten about you. I do not want to sell you short. Because as bad of a week as this is, for Charger fan, it's been exactly that good for Jags fan. Things are so good in Duval that Queen Danica called the program this week to brag that the Tenderonis now come to her these days. She doesn't have to search them out. In fact, they are lining up just to get ruined by her. Rome, how the tables have turned. I no longer have to look for the tenderonies. The tenderonies come looking for me. Now, granted, it was probably because it was a extremely cold game. They were slamming Casamigos since 8 a.m. and they were looking for warmth. But, hey, I take on all takers, okay? I love it. The queen, Miss Nika. Didn't she sound like she's in her cubicle or under the table during a meeting? But had to make that call. Had to make that call. Hey, Rome. Hey, what do you know? What do you know, Rome? The tables certainly have turned. Now, now the tenderonies are coming to me. So it sounds like she's having a week. But nobody's having a better week than Trevor Lawrence. Nobody gained more cred on Super Wildcard Weekend than Trevor Lawrence. Not only did Trevor have the best day of his career on Saturday, it started off as the worst day of his career. It started off as the worst day of anybody's career. We could be sitting here right now talking about one of the most disastrous quarterback performances in the history of the NFL. Yet instead, we're talking about one of the most shocking and impressive performances in the history of the NFL playoffs. This dude threw three picks in the first quarter of his first ever playoff game. That bad. He had four by halftime. He was staring down the barrel of a 27-0 deficit. It was looking like the biggest catastrophe ever. Until it wasn't. Until all of a sudden it was the biggest breakout ever. All of a sudden, this generational quarterback that we had all been waiting on, that we had all been told was coming, arrived. And did so on a big stage. So everybody raved about, man, this dude, this dude and his mindset. How did this guy get right? How did this guy bounce back as quickly as he did? What did this guy do to reset himself and his mind? What powered the mind-blowing comeback? And frankly, to hear him talk about it, and he did, it sounded like something straight out of my side hustle to my side hustle, the reinvention project with Jim Rome. Now, because I love this dude that I'm about to reference, and I quote and reference this dude all the time, it's a dude that I consider an absolute monster 
arguably the GOAT of the inspirational, motivational mindset space. A generational talent when it comes to that space. You ask me. The dude that I'm about to reference, that Trevor himself referenced, is one of one. Ask me. The one dude that I want to slam a beer with, if my man even does drink beer still, is this dude. Look, I'm a pretty voracious reader and somebody who studies this type of content. I'm telling you, there is nobody better than this guy. If it sounds like I'm sort of awed by this dude, it's because I'm sort of awed by this dude. Who am I talking about? Of course, I'm talking about the legend, former Navy SEAL, and current behemoth, Jocko Willink. And I'm not the only one feeling Jocko. So is Trevor. And he said the reason that he was able to overcome the first half that was so horrific was because he was channeling Jocko. Coach showed a video of, I don't know if you guys heard of Jocko. You guys can look it up. It's this video where he talks about good. And it's like, no matter what happens, that's your response. Good. You know, threw four picks in the first half. Good. You know, he showed that back in, I don't know if it was training camp or during the season, maybe when we were on that losing streak. I don't know when it was, but that's just been our mindset. You know, then we stayed on the sideline joking around. One of the linemen, I forget who it was, said to me after I threw three or four picks, he was like, good. <laughs> just looking at him like, all right. All right, not, not the time, but. No, actually, it is the time. Y'all don't understand how amazing that soundbite was. First of all, I love that Trevor's like, y'all, y'all, have you heard of Jocko? Have you heard of Jocko? Come on, man. And the emphasis on good isn't even strong enough. I mean, if you've heard Jocko talk about this, or if you've seen the video of him selling it, Jocko's not selling anything. It's just, it is. It's so true. And it's so much better than that. That, that whole good thing is just so priceless. And it's one thing for Trevor to utilize that and believe in it, but it's so much better that one of his teammates hit him after the third or fourth pick and was like, hey, yo, good. 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 It's incredible. And I'm telling you, these tools do work. They absolutely work. Don't take it from me. Don't take it from any of the millions that follow Jocko. Take it from the Jags. Take it from Trevor Lawrence. He was having the worst day ever. And then just turned it on said like, good, good. good. See, Jocko's insight into all things performance and mindset are off the freaking charts. He wrote the greatest book on discipline that I've ever read. Discipline equals freedom. I've read the book, no joke, at least a dozen times. But his theory is, essentially, when it comes to good, no matter what happens, no matter how bad it is, no matter how much it sucks, Jocko's response always is, Good. 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 And then he flips it on his head. You know, like four INTs in the first half, 27-point deficit. Good. Good. Why is that good? Because it's setting you up for one of the greatest comebacks ever and for you to become a freaking legend. Good. And that's exactly what happened. Believe me, I apply it to what goes on around here. Take it from me. How the hell do you think... I keep up my great attitude and mindset here. Look around you. Look around me. Look at the other side of the glass. My executive producer is a freaking vampire. Good. Alvi. Alvi is off having yet another kid, which means nine more weeks of him being off. Good. Good. Rit is limping around with his foot in a boot, leaving a trail of candy wrappers all around him. He's addicted to sugar. Good. Good. 
my lo- most loyal listeners simply parrot my takes and then try to pass them off as their own. Good. Good. I've been saying this all week long. How impressive that team's composure was after getting down 27 nothing. How the team was completely unfazed and looking like everything was right on schedule. Well, this explains it. They were all just chilling out, embracing their inner Jocko, embracing the suck, and telling each other, it's good. Good. And now everything actually is all good for the Jags. Well, at least at least for the moment, because they've got that tough one in Arrowhead on Saturday. No doubt about that. But they also have the greatest Saturday quarterback ever. So that's got to help. And why do I say that? Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on Saturday. Take that for data. He has never lost a game on Saturday, ever, in his entire football life. High school, college, NFL. This dude is 41-0 and on Saturdays. So go ahead and add that to the list of things that are undefeated right now. What's the list of things universally that have never lost? Sex, undefeated. Father Time, undefeated. Mr. Saturday, Trevor Lawrence, undefeated. But whatever you do, don't bring that stat around Doug Peterson. He doesn't want to hear it. Are you aware that Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on a Saturday? This guy. <laughs> 37 and 0. High school, college, and pro. He's on the first one, That's pretty impressive. Nah, yeah. A lot, a lot. Next question. <laughs> Actually, if I'm not mistaken, not 37, but 41. This guy. This guy. And notice he didn't say good. I'm talking with Jay Woods of Omega Tax Credits about small businesses under 500 employees qualifying for a tax refund from a new program. Tell me again, Jay, how long does it take for somebody saying, yeah, I don't know, I probably don't qualify. I'm saying find out because you don't know. How long does it take for them to find out? You don't have a more important 10 minutes in your day than these 10 minutes. That's it. 800-704-2000 or go to omegataxcredits.com and find out. Jay is right for your business. There is not a more important 10 minutes. Props to Dougie P, by the way, who did an absolutely incredible job this year. I mean, seriously, quote, this guy. This guy. This guy. I've been pumping Brian Dable this entire week because Dabes deserves it. But so does Dougie freaking P especially considering that incredible dumpster fire that he inherited from last year. Doug Peterson inherited the Pervin Liar, pathetic disaster, and immediately brought them to the playoffs, won a game, and is now headed to Arrowhead to try to get to the AFC Championship. Meanwhile, Pervin Liar looks worse and worse and worse every single day, every single hour, every single second. Of course, getting past that whole Pervin disaster and that whole 41 and zero on Saturday thing. None of that's going to matter when the game kicks off this weekend, but don't think for a second that the chiefs aren't taking the Jags and their QB one seriously. They know exactly who is rolling into town and believe this Patrick Mahomes knows what time it is. And he's impressed when you throw three interceptions, especially in the first half of it's or four, four interceptions, especially if it's in the first half, 
um, if, if it's your fault or not. Uh, that kind of can see, seep into your mind of how, man, like what decisions am I going to make going forward? Do I protect it or do I stay aggressive? Uh, but he, he battled through, man. That, that's a true test of a competitor, man, that whenever stuff's not going your way, to still pull your team to find a way to win. I mean, he's done it at every level, high school, college, and now in the NFL, he's, he's taken that team and they've turned it around fast. So he's a great competitor, man, and we understand it'll be a great challenge. Lawrence uh, celebrated his first playoff win at Waffle House, which is pretty hardcore. Yeah. Uh, how did you celebrate your first playoff win? I can't remember exactly. I'm sure there was a couple Coors Lights that were, were drinking. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get Waffle House, man. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a baller move, man. Uh, and so uh, maybe uh, if, we, if we win this one, I'll think of somewhere to go that, that can match that. Two thoughts. So how did Trevor Lawrence do that once again? How do you keep his head right? He thought, good. And Patrick is right about that. Waffle House was a baller move. That's a baller move. It was a baller move. A baller move from a baller. That dude took his crew to Waffle House after that game. Waffle House even let him make a reservation, even though Waffle House famously and obviously does not do reservations. They don't need to. They don't have to. So he didn't just celebrate at the Waffle House. He did so on the first reser ever at the House of Waffle. What I'm saying is this is just a different dude right now. And we've been told for a long time that this is a different dude. But now we have finally seen it on the big stage, on a very high level. We've seen the breakthrough. It's going to be awfully tough in Arrowhead on Saturday. But don't get it twisted. No matter what happens... Sorry about that. No matter what happens, it is still a massively successful season for the Jags, for Trevor Lawrence, and for Doug Peterson, and for all of Duval, because nobody leveled up. Nobody leveled up quite like Trevor and the Jags. And if things do start to go to hell Saturday, know this, Mr. Saturday will not flinch. He will not blink. He'll just say, good. Good. Damn, got sacked. They're beating the hell out of me. Good. Good. I'm still alive. One more thought about Jocko. Wonder where my guy Jocko comes out on that Waffle House run. Like, Jocko is all about leadership. The dichotomy of leadership. Another great book. I know that Jocko is about leading from the front. And Trev was doing that. But if Trev starts making early morning donut runs... For his crew, Jocko's not having that. Because if you ask Jocko, and he's not wrong. Jocko's never wrong, by the way. But if you ask him about donuts, as much as we all love donuts, Jocko is quick to remind you, donuts are not food. Donuts are poison. And if you do not possess more will than a donut, life will kick your ass on the daily. Here's one more Jockoism that I saw recently that I love. Earn your dopamine. He said that. Earn your dopamine. Do not get it from a donut. Do not get it from a cocktail or whatever bullcrap you're consuming online. Earn your dopamine with some push-ups or burpees or jujitsu. Earn your dopamine. What an amazing concept. Bottom line, Lawrence may still be that generational talent that we all expected him to be coming out of college. However, Jocko is the GOAT, and he's still in his prime. And he's serious about the donut. Avi, do you have that? He is serious about the donut. Do not 
eat the donut ever for any reason. It's not all right. Donuts to me just represent the absolute epitome and pinnacle of things that you should stay away from. Because let's face it, donuts have absolutely zero nutritional value whatsoever. They are purely made to taste good and give you nothing but make you fat and unhealthy. So when I see a donut, I I just get angry that there's a donut. And what I find funny is, you know, I I work with businesses all over the country, and and what's funny is, for some reason, donuts make people feel so immediately gratified that people just bring donuts into the office and give them away to everyone for free. And, yeah, I'm not a big fan of donuts. Donuts are sugar-coated lies. That's all they are. And they're lying to you with their beautiful taste and their jelly-filled center. So don't believe the lies and stay away from donuts. Your life will be better, I promise. That guy. That guy. That guy said that to me on this show. Have you ever heard a better breakdown on why donuts are evil and donuts are poison? I I could listen to that all day long on a loop. My man. I don't want to give this up. I want to read you a text that just popped in. I'm not going to give this guy up. I love him. Alvin's like, yeah, yeah, but Jocko, bear claws are fine, right? Listen, this is coming from somebody, me. I'm a donut junkie. I'm a donut degenerate. I I can't think of anything better than a donut. But for all the reasons he just said, he just said it. He nailed it. This guy, I'm going to read you a text from somebody that I respect immensely that I consider a good friend to play the game. And I'm not going to say who it is. He's obviously watching right now because he popped in with this. Donuts, I've learned, are the ultimate short-sighted decision for me. So good, but I know they'll make me feel like bleep. Bam! That's life right there. The donut represents life. This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know that you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection? The latest innovation from Discover. Discover will help routinely remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data, and they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Frank Schwab is my guest. Frank, it is great to have you on the show. How are you? Doing great, Jeff. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, on Wisconsin shout out. That, that's nice. I appreciate that. My man, I've got a son. We have a son who is a senior there. We have real estate there. I love, love Badger Nation and Badger Mafia. Oof. So want to make sure I got that in. Listen, Frank, really quickly, I listen to you. I watch you. I've been wanting to talk to you. It's great to have you on the program. Thanks so much. Let's jump into this. You know, you do a lot of things, but one of the things you do for Yahoo Sports, you're also in the betting space. So let's get into this right away. I had former Bills great Steve Tasker on the show, and we talked about Buffalo. And, you know, they come out last week against Miami, Frank, and they look like the team you expect them to look like, and they're blowing them out. Then all of a sudden, to Tasker's point, they look like they're distracted. They're looking at their phone. They're playing with their food. And then all of a sudden, they're really in a battle. So what do you think about Buffalo? And as they go forward, how, how much, how, what kind of concerns do you have about them in that regard? Yeah, I, I haven't seen really Buffalo be a special team in a long time. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay to just be a good team except for this year's Buffalo Bills team. This, this was their year, right? Like, they've been chasing this Super Bowl. This was the team that was supposed to be 
the 99 Rams or, you know, I mean, one of those special teams we all remember, and they just haven't been that. They've been fine, but you letting Skylar Thompson hang around in a wild card game at home? What are you doing? And I think if, if you take the last six weeks of the season, Jim, who is the better team, the Bengals or the Bills? I think it's probably the Bengals. I, you know, you mentioned the gambling stuff. Uh, usually I'm not surprised by betting lines. You know, you do this long enough, you kind of get the feel. Of, I thought this line was going to be about three. And it comes out, it's five, five and a half. And I'm like, why? What, what are the difference between these two teams? I, I don't really get it. I think the Bills have been kind of sleepwalking for a while. They haven't blown anybody out since October, really. Yeah, I, I don't really see it out of the Bills right now. Now They could win it. They, look, none of these six teams are that special, but, or the top six teams. I, just dismissing kind of the Giants and Jaguars right now from the Super Bowl conversation. But the, the Bills ain't been it for a while. I, I just I just don't know if they have another gear they can hit. Yes, it's really interesting. I see value, too. I mean, three is one thing. Five, five and a half is something yeah. totally different. Frank, let me ask you about the Jags. The Jags are an amazing story. They're coming back on the Chargers. was a sight to behold. But coming back on the Chargers, a team that was playing with both hands around their throat late, is very different than doing it against the Chiefs. You probably don't want to get into a shootout or a track meet with Kansas City and the soon-to-be MVP Patrick Mahomes. Can you make any argument for the Jags in this straight-up or even even with the points? Oh, absolutely. I Maybe I'm crazy, but I really like the Jaguars in this spot. Now, look, I don't know if you're going to beat Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead, right? But this team has a lot of 2021 Bengals vibes to me. I mean, the four-seed getting hot late in the year, one six in a row now. You got that young quarterback who is just ascending every week. I don't know how many, you know, not many people watch the Jaguars every week, right? But you watch this kid play, and you could tell, yeah, this is the guy. This was the guy we saw at Clemson, who was the can't-miss prospect. I mean, he threw the four interceptions, and yeah, that was unfortunate, obviously. But think about what he did after that. I mean, he kept that team in the game, kept his head. Was a, he's a 24-year-old guy in his first playoff game, and he throws four touchdowns and brings them back from 27 down to win. I, that's a chapter in Trevor Lawrence's legacy, man. I, I love this kid. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be in this game. I really do. I, they just have this weird confidence about them that they probably don't deserve being kind of the new kid on the block. But they're playing well. Just like the Bengals last year, it's exactly like that to me. I don't know that defense can get enough stops against Patrick Mahomes, but Trevor's going to keep them in this game. He, if people are on board with Trevor Lawrence already being a superstar, you better get there soon because he's he's legit and he's arrived. And I, I, I do. I give the Jaguars a punch for chance in this game. Frank Schwab joining us. All right, Frank, what about Dallas now? That's the Dallas team that we've been waiting on for quite some time. But they did it against the Bucs, right? They did it against the yeah. Bucs. Yes, Dak Prescott had one of his best games ever, again, against the Bucs. That Dallas offense seems to me is going to hinge on how well Dak plays. And frankly, we don't really know what we're going to get from Dak from week to week. So what version do you expect to see from him Sunday against the Niners? Yeah, and I've kind of been high on the Cowboys all year, even going back to the offseason when I do my rankings. I had, I had Cowboys fans. In my, in my mentions, being like, what do you got our team ranked so high for? They're not that good. And <laughs> it, I, so I've, I've really liked this Dallas team all year. And I know you can't play this game, right, Jim? But if you take away their first game, I don't know what happened against the Bucks. Remember that Sunday night? They were terrible. Take away the last game. They didn't have nothing to play for against the Commanders. That's a 12-3 and football team. But nobody paid any attention to them. This is a team that has a top-five defense, an offense that has just as, you know, we talk about the 49ers' weapons all the time. The Cowboys got some dudes, too. And at some point, doesn't this game come down to, is Dak Prescott against Brock Purdy? Don't we need to take that into consideration at some point? I like Dak. I think Dak's a good quarterback. He just makes too many interception mistakes. I, it, once a game, twice a game, he'll, he'll throw one up for grabs, and, and that really kills them. 
but he didn't do that last week. And the Buccaneers do have a decent defense. I, I, I like the Cowboys in this spot. I, I think that they're a good football team. Now, look, the 49ers have been blessing everybody, and they might bless the Cowboys here. I, I can't rule that out for sure, but I, I like the Cowboys. I, I just think the Cowboys have been good all season, but they've flown somehow. When has the Dallas Cowboys ever flown under the radar? But somehow they did this year. This is a good football team. I, I think you, you'd agree with that. This, this team has got the, got the chance to get this upset on well, Sunday. I think they're a good football team. Look, there's a lot to like about them. So, quick question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family-run business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. Now, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store, and you reach for the beef jerky, and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody. The entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? When they're good, they're really good. But when yeah. Dak is consistently throwing it to the other team, right. they're not good. Like Bottom line is, Frank, when you look at the, the weekend overall, are you generally leaning towards the dogs this weekend? Yeah, absolutely, except the, the one game we didn't talk about. I think the Eagles, look, the Eagles are 14-1 and when J- Jalen Hurts starts. He's not on the injury report. I think he's fine. I think the, the Eagles get over on the Giants, but I do. I like these underdogs. I, I just, there's a lot of value. There's a lot of value here. We'll see. You know, I mean, uh, maybe this is the weekend that these, you know, the, the Chiefs are rested and the Andy Reid bye week and all that, and the 49ers just beat another team by double digits, but Going into it, yeah. I think we're going to get some upsets this week. I personally, I've got another podcast I'm going to do after the program. I will say this. I don't want to give away what my picks are yet, but I did start the week, Frank, thinking to myself, I'm going to take every dog. I'm going to take every single dog. Mm. Now that I've done the work, I, I don't know that I'm going to say that yet, but I see you working. Let me ask you this. You're based in Denver. You've covered the Broncos. Is the new ownership group there so intent on making a splashy hire that they might give Sean Payton whatever he wants, figure out the compensation with the Saints just to appease their fan base? What's it feel like to you? Man, you, I, I've never seen – I've been living in Denver 20 years now. I've never seen Broncos fans this angry. And then they were apathetic by the end of the year. They just didn't care. They had tuned out that team. And for, for an ownership group that paid, what, $4.6 billion for that team – to see fans marching out of the stadium, 18,000 no-shows at a home game, they got to be like, we, what, what do we buy into? We need to turn this around right away. So, yeah, the one way to do that is Sean Payton. Anybody else you're going to hire could be a good coach, but not really going to get the fan base excited. But you hire a dude who has won a Super Bowl, great years with the Saints. I think that I think there's a blank check moment for the you know the Walton Penner group. They're just going to say, "What's going to take? You you tell us a number. We'll we'll add a couple million. We don't care. We're the Waltons. We got the money." So, I, yeah, I think it's Sean Payton. I think he ends up in Denver, and I don't think that necessarily the fan base would be disappointed with anybody else because it's just not Nathaniel Hackett. That's the number one thing on the list. Not Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, uh, that's fine, but. I do think they make the big splash and get Sean Payton. All right, so Frank, as I mentioned at the top, you are a proud member of Badger Nation. What did you make of the Luke Fickle hire, and what do you think of what you've seen from him so far? 
I'll tell you what. I, I was like, hey, really? We're bringing in an outside because Wisconsin, we're, we're you know, it was gonna we're gonna hire Jim Leonard, keep that thing going, run the ball forty times a game, never have a quarterback. And then Luke comes in, and I'm like, okay, let's see what this guy got has. And he just is bringing every transfer. It's fun, man. I've I've never seen Wisconsin football like this, where it's like, wow, we're getting actual dudes here. Maybe we can maybe we can hit a higher uh, you know higher plane with our program. It's fun. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this thing goes because Wisconsin football is never. Ooh, you know how it is. You, you you know now that you have the connection there, you get three star guys. You coach them up, and we've got some great players in that program. But we've never gone out and got dudes. And now I think Luke is going to go out and get dudes year after year after year. Hell yes. I love the hire when they did it because it's exactly what you said. This was not representative of what they normally do. And what they normally do works pretty damn well. But that was Mm -hmm. such a big swing. Such a big swing. And he's out there and he's doing his thing. He's getting dudes. Really quickly, Frank, what do you make of the San Francisco situation when you have the emergence of Brock Purdy? Now you've got Jimmy G. Like, what do you do? Who's expendable now? Is Jimmy G once again expendable? And what do you think they do? We'll see how it plays out, but what do you think they do with their quarterback room? I don't know. I, I really don't. And honestly, like, I hate to just be hot taking over here, but what about Tom Brady, too? I mean, he's going to be a free agent. Like, that, he would fit. He, he knows San Francisco. So you have that possibility to the mix, which is going to be talked about. I don't know what they do. Jimmy, Jimmy's probably gone. He'll go somewhere. He'll be a starter. He'll be happy. What do you do with Trey Lance? You give up the world to go up to number three and get this guy. He's barely played in like four years now. I don't know what you do with Trey Lance. He, he's obviously a more talented quarterback than Brock Purdy, but Purdy runs that offense really, really well. But can you depend on that for the next 10 years? You're just going to have guys like Debo and Christian McCaffrey and whoever. I don't know if Brock Purdy's a long-term answer or not, and I don't know that they're going to have their answer by the end of this year. It is really interesting to see what's going to happen. But I do know Kyle wants a guy who runs his offense. This is the offense. This is the play. You run it. You get the ball to the right guy. And I think he looks at Purdy and is like, this is my guy. He can. He's a robot. He's just going to run the offense I want. And so – and especially, look, if the 49ers win three more games, it, it's not even a question anymore. I mean, Brock Purdy's our guy. Like, you, don't, you don't bench a Super Bowl winning quarterback after that. So going to be really interesting. But I, I'm really interested to see what they do with Trey Lance because I don't know if he has much trade value anymore either after all the injuries. It's wild, man. I agree with you. It is absolutely wild. He is an NFL and gambling insider for Yahoo Sports. He is co-host of You Pod to Win the Game, which is a great pod. He is a proud member of the Badger Nation, and there's a jungle debut. Great job, Frank. I wanted to meet you. You did a great job. Good to have you on. We'll do it again soon. Absolutely, Jim. I appreciate you. I'm talking with Jay Woods of Omega Tax Credits about small businesses under 500 employees qualifying for a tax refund from a new program. Tell me again, Jay, how long does it take for somebody saying, yeah, I don't know. I probably don't qualify. I'm saying find out because you don't know. How long does it take for them to find out? You don't have a more important 10 minutes in your day than these 10 minutes. That's it. 800-704-2000 or go to omegataxcredits.com and find out. Jay is right for your business. There is not a more important 10 minutes. Let's go to Point Loma. This dude wants to get a jump on the beef segment. Let's see here. Peter in Point Loma. Peter, what's going on? Hey, Jimmy. Nice to talk to you. Thank you for taking my call. You got it. What's up? Um, I just had a problem when you said Badgers Mafia. So we all know, because my father played for the team in the Rose Bowls of all those years, and it's on Wisconsin. So I appreciate that you tried to put a stamp on it, and I appreciate that Jake goes there. My daughter goes there as well. 
But at the end of the day, it's on Wisconsin. That's all I got, Jimmy. You have a great day. One for three, C1. Quote, you didn't run Peter for correcting the host. They just keep coming. Look at this guy. At Gus Lacumbre 66. This message is for CBS. We are going to get thousands of signatures against Jim Rome if he doesn't stop calling it the Wisconsin Mafia. We're going all the way on this. Regards the on Wisconsin organization. That's pretty funny. That's from the Penske organization back in the day. It's not the Wisconsin Mafia that he objected to. It's the Badger Mafia. And apparently there's another backstory to this that I did not know. Tommy screened that call. And the reason he put up the beef before the beef, and he didn't tell me this, he's just like, you should take this call. It's a beef against you. I'm like, cool, fine. Apparently this guy was actually enraged. Like, you tell him. You tell Rome. You tell him. That's not who we are. You tell him. You set him straight. You make sure he hears this from me. Now, he didn't say it from me. He said, quote, you make sure he hears this. And Alvin's playing that music for a reason. Like, dude was hot. And Tommy said, hey, why don't you just tell him yourself? Why are you yelling at me? Tell him. He's like, yeah, I'll do that. That's not what he did. I didn't know that. I didn't know the guy was so enraged. I thought he was a little out of touch. But again, I respected him. If I knew you were going to scream down my call screen or slash EP, Pete, I wouldn't have shown you that much respect because you didn't respect my crew. Listen, we can have a difference of opinion, although we don't. But you don't need to call and, and scream at the guy screening out the call. Just make your point. Your bone is not with him. It's with me. Even though it's kind of a lame bone, with all due respect, Pops. I get it. Your dad played there. I get it. Your kids go there, too. Listen, nobody's more proud of the Wisconsin connection than me. On, I own real estate there. I'm a taxpayer there. I sent my kid there. My money goes there. Yeah, well, don't call us that. Oh, what? Well, you said that you make the rules? Are you, hey, Peter, are you the boss of me? I actually do refer to it as on Wisconsin. Look at any of my correspondence with my friends. I tag things on Wisconsin. I say it to guests who come on the show. And as I mentioned, Frank Schwab, never been on the show before. I worked it into his intro and his bio. Member of Badger Nation. Wow, dude. So that makes it even worse. Like, out of respect to you, I took that phone call and treated it respectfully. But I didn't know that you talked a bunch of junk and treated my screener slash EP like garbage. Come on, man. Do better. Especially since you're a member of the fam. Hey, yo, on Wisconsin. You have a great day. No, you have a great day, Pops. That's not cool at all. And again, the, the whole Badger Mafia thing. He can, he can correct me. I'm just saying that's my personal experience. Now, are you telling me how to view my experience with the Wisconsin fam? And, and by the way, there's money involved here, all right? I'm not telling you how to spend your money. I'm not entitled to my opinion. 
There is a Badger Mafia in my mind in the best way, in the best way. Once again, successful, influential alumnus that want to help you. I mean it as a term of endearment. It's a compliment. The Badger Mafia. And you're really not going to like this, Pete. You know who else is a member of the Mafia? Freaking Tony Granato. Yeah, I said it. NHL great and the head coach of the Wisconsin hockey team, Tony Granato. Why do I include him in the Badger Mafia? Because the guy texts me all the time and says, Hey, Jim, Janet, do you guys need anything? How's Jake? Badger Mafia. They're all like that. Dear Alvin, Peter corrected the host. Retroactively run that asshat. Geoff and Lincoln. I don't even care that he corrected me even though I wasn't wrong. But Alvin's got to think about that. Alvin does run people who correct the host. Like as an example, if I say, hey, let's go to Paul in Point Loma. If you were to have said, actually, it's Peter, Alvin would have run it. And I say, why do you do that, Alvin? Alvin says, you don't correct the host. And I would say, but the host was wrong. I got his name wrong. Don't correct the host. There you go. Anyway. So a lot of you clones took great offense to that. That's, that's twice this week you have accused Alvin of being soft and having a hammer in his hand and not using it. Well, most of you are like, hey, Rome, can you stop talking about Wisconsin? Like, we don't care. Here's the weirdest thing, and then I'll go to break. Here is the weirdest thing about Wisconsin. I'd say 85%, 90% of Wisconsin is like, good, dude. Glad to have you. Really appreciate that you get us and you give us nothing but love. Then you've got a small percentage that will say it. And they'll say it to my face on the street when I go there. Dude, stop talking about us. Stop posting about us. Stop talking about us. Because then everybody will come and wreck the experience. We don't want all your California douchebags coming here and wrecking our experience. People literally say things like that to me in person. And then you have a guy like Peter who will be like, you know what, you can talk about us, but you're talking about us incorrectly. Here's how, if you're going to talk about us, talk about us this way. So, I don't know. And keep in mind, before before we sent Jake, law. I mean, hell, was Jake even anything other than a figment of my imagination at that time? What year was Jake born? Jake's 21 now. When I went to Wisconsin for the first time, I went to Green Bay without any ties to the community and raved about Green Bay and my experience there. Hey, Jim, I've listened to, I've lived in and listened to you in different markets. All right, this guy's interesting. I've lived in and listened to you in different markets. D.C., St. Louis, Madison, Milwaukee, and Green Bay. All big jungle towns. There is a special connection here in Wisconsin with the Hall of Fame pimp. We love you here. Robin Green Bay. Now, that, that actually means the world to me because that's respect you have to earn. I now know the Midwest. I now know that state. And I love Green Bay. I love Wisconsin. I, I've told you this. One of my favorite athletes ever is Jerry Kramer. One of my favorite nights ever was the night 
that I hit the town in Green Bay and went to Fuzzy Thurston's bar and met Fuzzy. I'll never forget dropping in on Green Bay. I'll never forget tailgating before the NFC Championship game. I'll never forget walking on the field and seeing Reggie White stretch and the slinger himself come running out. Like like goosebump stuff, eerie stuff. I love Wisconsin. He's right. Those are all big-time jungle markets, especially Madison, Milwaukee. We had a tour stop in Madison. Hello! A tour stop in Madison. Long before I ever thought of sending my kid to Madison. Like incredible stuff. But, but go ahead and tell me how I should talk about Wisconsin. Where are we starting this week? All right, let's go to social media first. Jim, if you're on hold, stay there. If not, call. Jim, my beef is with my male coworker who whines to me about his marriage. This isn't your standard issue complaints about bad cooking or reckless spending habits. No, I am forced to hearing about her being out all night and suspicions of her getting nice with somebody else. I didn't ask for any of this, but if I hear about it one more time, I'm going to fish her out of the bars myself. Jim and Quartz Hill. I like it. Rome. My beef is with people who put a T in the word else. It's not else. It's else. You're an adult. Learn how to enunciate your way out of second grade. It's one syllable, four letters, and not a single one of them is a T. Ross in St. Louis. Hey, Ross. Anything else? Jimmy. Got a beef. About anything else? Jimmy, I have a beef with people who have a bat in the cave. I go to pick up donuts. Donuts. Grandma behind the counter has a booger hanging out of her nostrils. For the love of God, give Gangan a tissue. Mike in the STL. I've got a beef with people who have a bat in the cave. Dude, you shouldn't be picking up donuts. We covered this. Maybe if you don't pick up donuts, it would limit the chances of you seeing somebody with a bat in the cave. Wells? Wells with a beef. My beef is with my wife. She clowns me for using a shoehorn. Quit talking smack to me. When she stops cooking every meal in a crock pot... Maybe I'll listen to her. Until then, pipe down and let me put on my shoes the smart, easy, safe way. Damn, Wells. Anything else? It says, my beef is with grown adults who cannot properly pronounce the name of the Cincinnati football team. It's not Bengals. It's not Bengals. It's Bengals. Really, it's a simple word. And I see numerous players, announcers, radio personalities, and talking heads struggle with it. It blows my mind. Did you also learn about Benjamin Franklin in high school? Did you put ban gay on your sore muscles? Learn to talk. JB in Ohio. My beef. Tools 
who use their iPads as, as cameras at their kids' sporting events. You know they make pocket-sized cameras now, losers. They're called phones. Vincent Fresno, that's my favorite one so far. That is kind of a weird vibe. I can't wait till they get those iPad sticks the losers can use, like hold up their iPad with a giant pole. Double sticks. Maybe get a couple of ski poles, strap them together and use them as your iPad stick. Notice how tight that beef was too. It was short. It was sweet. It was tight. It was good. Nice job, Vince. Tighten your game up. Jim, my beef is with the annual Super Bowl Kid Reporter. Every year, some 10-year-old brat gets coached with ridiculous football questions and thrown into the awkward sideline player interviews. It's a classic triple U. Personally, I believe, as a U.S. American, that Super Bowl kid reporters and beauty pageant interviews gotta go, like such as. Unwar, neglected social media beefs. Come on, bro. Lighten up a bit. Brian in Detroit with that. Jimmy, my beef is drive through order girl asking, is that all after each item I order? I'll tell you when I'm done. Now I'm done. Now I'm done. Sammy in H-Town. I feel that one. Purple turtleneck tan man. My beef is with myself. I sent an email to Sir Pimsalot the other day with grade F smack about the cowgirls. What's next? She-Hawks smack? I need to step my game up and make the show better, not worse. Come on, Mario. Stop bringing the show down. Step your game Sign up. to Mario in SF. Worst self-realization. Nice job, bro. Way to go. Way to be. My beef is when someone is speaking and isn't making any sense but says, you know what I mean? Because then you have to admit that you have no idea what they mean and feel stupid when in reality, they're the ones sounding stupid. Danielle. Hey, Danielle, War Lady Clones. There you go. Snags. My beef is with butt wipes. Butt wipes in the grocery who pull off two to three bananas instead of buying the entire bunch. Is three more bananas too much for you to handle? Bananas are like anything else in the grocery. It's all or none, people. No one goes and opens up a half a loaf of bread and gets out five or six slices. Buy all the bananas or keep your grubbing mitts off them. Patrick in Bama. I like it. At RaysFan50, my beef is with the local traffic news girl. Every little fender bender is a, quote, crash. She says crash so often there should be an over-under bet on her use of the word. Recently, she mentioned an active crash. Is that like two cars repeatedly ramming into each other? Hashtag, what's your beef? Hey, yo, dude. That's how I got my start. Doing traffic reports. Don't come at her like that. You come at her like that, you're coming at me like that. And not only that, I did exactly what she used to do. 
I've told you that story. When I got my break at five bucks an hour doing traffic reports back in the day, five dollars an hour, yo. 30 hours a week, no bennies, one month vacation relief. This is how I got back into radio. I did traffic reports. I worked for a guy who ran the station who was terrifying, man. Not too many people I'm afraid of. I can count on one hand. I was afraid of this guy. We all were. Jabba the Hutt. Short, old, violent, and had no neck. And what neck he had was pockmarked. Dude, this dude was scary as hell. He'd roll into the station and terrorize all of us. He said, hey, Rome. I've been listening to your traffic reports. Sir, I don't hear about any accidents. Well, that's because there aren't any. We live in Santa Barbara. There's not a hell of a lot going on here, sir. Tell you what, Rome. You find accidents, or I'll find somebody that will find accidents. Yes, sir. I got back in that car. I just started making up accidents. And they were always in the clearing stages. And I would say things like he said. He said about she said. Crashes, fender benders, active crash. She's probably going through the same thing I was. She probably has some job of the hut boss with a pockmarked neck telling her, hey, yo, you better find some accidents or I'll find somebody who will. I got your back. Quote, traffic news girl, whoever you are. Jimothy, my beef is with the butthole butthole, parked in the right lane at multi-lane intersections. This mouth breather is going to go straight when the light turns green, but he's blocking me if I need to take a free right turn. Hey, idiot, you're going straight. Move the hell over to one of the middle lanes so we can make our free right turns you bag. Brad in the 360, cycling degenerate. Hey, Jim, my beef is with people that spend their winters in SoCal and complain when we have three or four days of rain a year. I come here to get away from this kind of weather. Hey, a-hole, we need the rain to keep all your golf courses green and not pay a fortune for water at my house. Mike and La Quinta. That makes sense. Dear cousin. <laughs> I like that. Here it comes. Dear cousin, my beef is with the octogenarians that refuse to get rid of their driver's license. These elder chowds are actually the biggest mass holes and caused the road rage in New England. Bernie and Beantown. Yo, cuz, right? My man, going in on the elder chowds. Bernie, what up, dude? What up, cuz? I feel you. We have some of that. Hey, cuz, we got some of that out here, too, for sure. Dear Jim, I've got beef with the tools they put on the big screen at a sporting event. They notice they're on the screen, then they go on to a point, and they wave at the screen instead of waving at the cameraman with a camera right in front of them. Nick and Erie. Van Smack. My beef is with the non-handicapped people who press the handicapped door button to enter buildings. Do they realize it takes longer to enter the building, waiting for the mechanism to engage, than using their arms? I bet they have no problem manually opening the refrigerator door to find copious amounts of birthday cake and, quote, diet soda. Stop being lazy. Hey, Vaughn. I see you, Vaughn. Vaughn in Knoxville. Nicely done. 
Yeah, JJ Sport Mode, Jim. My beef. My beef with that a-hole that hates my wife FaceTiming my daughter's soccer game on the iPad. It's easier for my wife to hold and my daughter can see I am watching even though I'm out of town on business. Interesting. Rome, I got a beef with fat guys like Wells who Ah. complain about their wives cooking for them. Bro, you're an adult. Make your own damn food. He's got a point, Wells. You are fat and you are an adult. Dino in Vegas. And now here come the responses to some of the earlier beefs. Jim, my beef is with buy the whole bunch of banana guy. I don't really eat bananas. My goal is to let them ripen until they are fit for banana bread. Because my fat ass really needs that. So I'm just going to buy two. And you can deal with the other three or four that happen to be sitting there while you're doing your banana shopping until the next person behind me is buying bananas for the same reason. Matt in Titletown. I don't know, dude. Like, I don't feel really strongly about this. My, my bigger problem with buying bananas when I do it, which is not often, is trying to get them into the green bag. But when you break off bananas, don't you inherently, if you, if you break it off for two... Doesn't it open up banana three and four, and don't they start to turn brown for the next person? I'm more concerned about that. Like opening up something. Like you're opening up a can of something and letting it rot. Like this guy, Brenton PC. Well, already you know this is going to suck. Brenton PC. My beef is with that banana beef guy. First off, a bunch of bananas is called a claw. Second, I'll buy as many or as few as I want. Get a life. That's rich. Brent correcting somebody for calling bananas a bunch and letting us all know it's a claw and then telling us to get a life. Oh, all right, Brent. Get right on that, Brent. We'll, we'll get right on that getting a life thing, Brent. Hey, Rome, I've got a beef with the guy who said that his coworker was in the dumps about his wife and then saying that he's going to fish her out of the bars himself. Dude, that is bleeped up. I don't know, is it? All right, there you go. I think that is the extent of the written beefs. Let's go to the phones. We go to Mackinac. Mackinac Island. Connor, good to have you. Connor, what's your beef? My beef is with Peter the Bagger giving me PTSD in my offseason, talking about telling you how to do your job. They come in to our island every single year in droves and tell us how to do our job. We don't have cheese curds on the menu. We don't have the Packers sound on. We don't have, well, I don't make an old fashioned the way their grandpa makes it in their garage in 1972. I like that, bro. Nice job. Good job, Connor. So what he's talking about is he's in Michigan and Wisconsinites come there and start telling them how to do their job. Yo, you're making, you're making, that old-fashioned incorrectly. Make it the way we make it. Where are your cheese curds? Why is there no Wisconsin sound? He goes, I'm having flashbacks. That guy telling you how to do your job because he always come in here and tell me how to do my job. Respect. Let's go to Grand Rapids. Tom, good to have you, Tom. What's your beef? Hi, Jim. Uh, I got a beef with uh, Alvy for uh, not only giving me uh, JT, but also accusing me of lying when I called about it uh, last year. You know, my wife, she is pregnant, and she did ask me if she was fat 
And then she did. And then I did respond. No, you do not. You do not. You do not. You do not. Jim, I also have a beef with you for saying Yoda is a coward. And I also got a beef with the flight deck, Brad and Corona, James and James in Portland for having the same uh, favorite song that I do. And that's the Ghostbusters. Ah! That's not a good call. No. <laughs> you don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a what is good it call. that you do not understand about keep it tight, get your beef in, keep moving? This is not the smack off. This is the what's your beef segment. And you don't have nearly the game to get into the smack off where I'd give you five minutes of runway. State your beef. Get the hell out of here. What is your beef? This is not nearly as hard as some of you make it. Let's go to Sacktown. Ryan, you're next up. Ryan, what's your beef? JR, what's up? My beef is with guys and gals that rock wranglers and big belt buckles. Untuck your shirts to shade those toes and knuckles. All right, Ryan and Sacktown. Well, I'll give him this. It was short. 1-800-636-8686. Not one of our better beef days. They're all good. They're fun. But there have been some days that have just been ionic. Today's not that, but not yet. Ionic. It's not too late. I don't want to say this is like Trevor Lawrence with four picks and then turns it around into the best beef segment ever, but there's still hope. Good. Let's go to Driftwood, Ben. Good to have you, Ben. What's your beef? Hey, Rome. Big up, Badger Mafia. My beef today is with any pro athlete that cares more about their hair than their on-field performance. And I'm looking at you, Trevor Lawrence. Sure, you're a Pantene all-star working on a Palomalu deal, but the reason you threw four first-half INTs versus the Chargers was you couldn't see through your perfect hair. You're playing for a tie, a hair tie, Doug Peterson's brilliant halftime adjustment was a rubber band. Wrap it up, yo. War Heinrich Spoon, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, go cheese. I mean, dude, that was like terrible. <laughs> that, that, that was terrible but funny. I'm, I'm pretty certain. First of all, if you had hair like that, <laughs> you would feature it prominently. Second of all, I'm pretty sure that he doesn't care more about his hair than what happens on the field. And Doug Peterson's only adjustment at halftime was a rubber band or a hair tie. It's a playoff game, man. You can't tie. You can't play for a tie, dude. It's a playoff game. I don't know, but for some reason, that was the best phone call B for the day. I didn't agree with any of it, but that made me laugh. Well done. Let's go to South Carolina. Keep coming. We're not there yet. These beef segments have carried to the bottom of the hour. I'm skeptical that this one will. 1-800-636-8686. If you want, you can still hit me up on social too, at Jim Rome. Let's go to South Carolina. Phil, you made it in. What is your beef, Phil? Romy, thanks for the vine. You got it. Listen, my beef is with my neighbor who still has his Christmas lights up, even though MLK Day has passed. Every day, Jim, as I roll up in my fine luxury sled, Jim, er, as I roll up in my Ford after putting in a 14-hour grind, I have the pleasure of seeing Santa Claus on this a-hole's roof looking like an old-world peeping pop. Man, I am sorry you didn't win the neighborhood decoration. Ah, no, Albie! No. 
You don't like that call. Come on, Alvy. Feel sorry about that. Brutal Alvy is back. Bitter Alvy is back. Yeah, I know. I don't want to be a hypocrite. And I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth. And I know I told you to move it along, but I kind of like that old guy. He was getting rolling. He was pissed. Didn't he say, I don't need to come home after a 14-hour grind and see some old peeping Tom on the roof looking down on me? I'm sorry you did not win the neighborhood of war. I, I like that guy. Yeah, but you can't win, right? When you don't run guys, they call you out. And then when you do run a guy, I call you out. He's back, though. Alvi's paying attention. 1-800-636-8686. You want to know how out of touch I am? Hey, Dr. Jano, are you listening right now? One, how did the robot appointment go? And number two, did we take our lights down? I don't even know the answer to that. That's how out of touch I am. I hope. I hope he's not talking about me. Now, we never did put a fat ass on the roof. We just go with a nice touch and some nice lights. 1-800-636-8686. All right, let's try Stockton. Zach in Stockton. Zach, what's your beef? Rome Star. My beef is with the NBA's programming schedule. Hey, Adam Skeletor. Er, Silver. You got the best freaking offensive rated duo in the league in De'Aaron Fox and Domas Saboner breaking down the offense for the nation on NBA T today earlier this week, but you ripped the one nationally televised game on their schedule two weeks ago. That's whack. Or the sorry ass. I gotta ask, Alvin. Wait, no. you're gonna let DeBoner like go? I don't like that call. Well, so why did you run him call. for what? Saboner. That was retro. Alvin, dude, I don't even know you anymore. Like, what the hell is going on with you? You let Saboner go for what, like 15, 20 seconds? And for what? You wanted to hear what he was going to say for the rest of the call? It doesn't matter that it didn't pay off. Where did you think he was going, Alvin? He glossed the guy Saboner. Alvin's like, yeah, dude, but he might have paid it off. You don't get to pay off things that are runnable. Oh, why don't we just walk off on, I'm not walking off, just step back for a minute. Alvin, you don't get to pay off runnable material. It's runnable material. It's supposed to end right when they do it. I know you're the guy who makes a decision, but if we allow Saboner, what else are we going to allow? Alvin, I know, I don't know what's going on with you. What's, you good? What's up in your life? 1-800-636-8686. Let's keep going. Bobby in the Bay. Bobby, what's your beef? Hello, what's up, Jim Rome? This is Bobby. I'm that truck driver that gave you the plug on the number 65, and I have a beef with those drivers that don't know how to, they do not know how to merge, those yo-yos. And they probably don't even know how to make a sandwich. So what I want them to do is put in the, in the search engine, the nearest ice sandwich shop, and go pick me up another uh, a number 65 while learning how to merge. I feel you, Bobby. I feel you. I appreciate you. It's a good idea. There's two things you should know how to do. How to merge and how to pick up a number 65 at Ike's. So true. It is so true. Those who are incapable of merging 
are a pain in our ass. It's not that hard. Turn around. Look behind you. Look both ways. Move in an orderly fashion. Decide what lane you want to be in. And then we can get to the roundabout. Let's go to Portland. Tom, we're still going. Tom in Portland. Tom, what's your beef? Jimmy, buddy. I'll tell you my beef is with gas station attendants. Get off your earth and stop smoking your cigarette and pump my gas. I shouldn't have to wait for 10 minutes to get my damn gas. All right, dude. Or you could pump it yourself. It's gas. Is gas not expensive enough? You need somebody to pump your gas? I mean, maybe I shouldn't speak without knowing. Maybe there's a reason that you can't pump your gas, but let me ask you this. Can you not pump your gas or do you not want to pump your gas? And does anybody actually have other people pump their gas for them anymore? Like this whole notion of full service. I think there are in some places where you can't pump your own gas. I know that. that. There are certain states where you cannot pump your gas. They will not allow you to pump your gas. If that's what that is, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Then I would also want the gas attendant to get off their ass and stop smoking and do their job. That's what that is. <laughs> it's still toll free, and I'm still looking for a good phone call. I'd love to walk off with some heat. 1-800. Yeah, but it is partly my fault. I did say you can beef about anything you want. Good. 1-800-636-8686. Why don't we try Arkansas? Best thing about the beef segment is we do get beefs from all over the country. Let's go to Arkansas. Tony in Arkansas. Tony, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. It's people that call in the show, and they can't speak extemporaneously. They've obviously spent the night before cracking themselves up on their Mac to try to be funny, and we have to listen to it. Normally, it's great. Today's been awful, man. Here, here, man. Preach. Good job, Tony. Obviously, you're way too smart. Hey, Tony, can you maybe stop using big words, too, like that? Well done. He's right. Or for you clones, he's not wrong. Good night now!